live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland. And T.J. Perry. And we didn't help ourselves much. We didn't help the defense. Terrible field position, terrible field position. Couldn't make first downs. And all of a sudden, we make a play. Yeah. Make a play. Yeah. Yeah. Score. Oh, Get it in. But I'll tell you something, man. Hey. That goal line stand. Just yeah. 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 Once in a lifetime, we did. You did twice. The number one team in the country, both times. Instead of spending one game ball defense, you get two game balls. It's too bad Barry didn't have any charisma, TJ. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That man could orchestrate a locker room, can he? He can, and there are some coaches that do that. I wonder if guys get really that excited over a game ball. We see all the videos for years now, decades now, teams just losing their minds over a game ball. It's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Not one, but two. (laughs) What was the game? Some game OU won. Uh, somebody out there will probably remember. Bob gave everybody. You get all. You all get a game ball. Yeah, yeah. Bob gave the whole room a game ball. <laughs> you could, you could see the like uh, whoever like whoever's in charge of ordering game balls in the corner going, oh crap, that's a lot of game balls. <laughs> Do you know the postage on that, Coach? Bob, hey, uh, next time let's keep it at eh, maybe a cap on three game balls. Everybody gets a game ball. Oh, boy, that's a lot. Hour 2, T-Row in the Morning Show, Thursday, September 15th. Smack dab in the middle of the month of September. Downhill slide to an OU Nebraska weekend. We are on the road tomorrow. Um, All right, let's let people know, and then we're going to get into the scheduling. So it starts bright and early tomorrow. This show, my show, will be in transit to Nebraska. be doing all three hours on the road on I-35, TJ, or whatever you get once you get up into Kansas. I don't know. Papa T-Mobile. I'm riding up with my dad. I'm very much looking forward to this weekend. And uh, so that's how it starts. And then where are the guys up in uh, in Nebraska teach tomorrow? Uh, some starting... sort of a musical uh, lessons well, place where you can do g- guitar or something like the that? session room. Yeah, the session Parker room. Parker will start things out uh, noon to 3 at the session room. Tyler will join him at 2, and then Travis joins Tyler at and 3. And that's a bar? So, uh, that's what I'm being told, yes. Yes, right. the session in room Omaha. in Omaha. Saturday's details are a little sketchy, and I don't know details yet. So hmm. apparently the the plan that I thought was laid out is not happening now due hmm. to a tour bus being in an accident. Oh, boy. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're working on some things. Uh, so just I would just say stay tuned for further details. 
Uh, if someone else well, has got something finalized uh, that I'm not aware of uh, yesterday evening, let me know. But, yeah. We can tell you this much. Uh, starting at 7 a.m. on Saturday, Teddy Lehman, and Chris Plank and I will be live yes. inside Memorial Stadium uh, in the press box. So that'll get your coverage started on game day, 7 a.m. And then at 8 o'clock is when the mystery sets in. Uh, Tyler and Travis and Parker and who else is going to Steely going to be up there? Uh, no, no. And, and Saturday, those two hours will just be Tyler and Travis, but okay. uh, uh, parts unknown at this point. They'll be up there somewhere. Yes. Somewhere. Yes. And then after the game, something will happen too. That's right. But you're going to want to keep it rocked in right here to the ref. <laughs> okay. So yesterday word comes down. The SEC has ruled Georgia, Tennessee, you cannot play Oklahoma. Don't do it. And uh, so uh, OU uh, has scheduled SMU, TJ, for a home-and-home. 2023, that's next year, the Mustangs will come here. 2027, we will go there. Now, speculation is running rampant. As Oklahoma was supposed to play home and home with Georgia starting next year. They had the home and home with Tennessee on the books as well. Um, this is not a surprise. We knew this was coming. This has been talked about forever. Right. But uh, obvious speculation is, well, this must mean since the Georgia game is not going to be played next year, that next year Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC. What say you, TJ? Now, you remember TJ's the guy who had the sources that the upper deck was going to be uh, closed Which for the I spring game. Which so I was correct on. He's got all kinds of good on. sources. So what are your sources telling you here, TJ? Uh, no sources on this. My my source is me only, and I've been saying it for months, and I'll continue to say it. Oklahoma's playing in the SEC next season. In the 2023 <laughs> season, they will play in the SEC. This is not a surprise, people. It was not shocking. Some people were losing their minds yesterday. could not believe those home-and-homes were canceled. And I said, they were going to be canceled anyway. You're going to be in the same conference regardless of when that happens. So this was going to happen. It didn't. They didn't just pull SMU out of their rear yesterday afternoon at the uh, announcement of the SEC that this was happening. This was something Quit, planned get out. SMU on the horn, right? <laughs> that didn't just happen in an hour. It's something that had been planned out. I do not envision a world in which Oklahoma is in a conference with Houston and the other scrubs that are coming into it. They will play in the SEC in 2023. Book it. When you say the other scrubs, you're talking about uh, the BYU, BYU team that just beat Baylor. That's right, BYU. And you're and talking about UCF the Cincinnati and, yeah, team that Cincinnati. was in the college football playoff last yes. year. Scrubs. And you're talking about uh, UCF that won the national championship Correct. a few years back. Correct. And Houston. Um, hmm. Give me a percentage. I think the texter last hour asked for a percentage chance that OU is in the SEC next percentage year. chance that OU is playing in the SEC next year according to the TJ percentage ranking system 79.6% um I think yesterday's announcement Here's what I say. I think it was not so much about next year as about the return game. Oh, absolutely. It was, we don't want 
you to go play Oklahoma at Oklahoma and not get the return game because the return game is definitely going to fall in the window where Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC. For sure. We know that because it was going to be after 2025. So it was protecting uh, Georgia and Tennessee from losing a home game in this. None of this was a surprise. This has been talked about for a long time. All the schools have known this for a long time. Not sure what the timing of the announcement was about. Maybe they were waiting for uh, the the replacement contracts to be signed so that those could be announced at the same time because Georgia also announced that they were playing Ball State next year instead of Oklahoma. OU announced the SMU game. So maybe they were waiting for all that to be finalized before they made the announcement. This did not come out of the blue, as TJ said. I don't know that it necessarily means that they're going uh, next year. However, I am starting to lean more and more in that direction. It does seem like there's an awful lot of, of slipperiness. Now, Joe, and I think Texas, but we hear Joe a lot around here, has consistently said we're staying until fulfill, fulfilling our obligation. You know, spring of 25, mm-hmm. uh, first football season in the SEC will be 25, unless the Big 12 changes its mind. And if the Big 12 decides that they're going to let us go early, then we'll go earlier. But if not, we'll go in 2025. And um, I just don't, like, there. it's just, it's it's a little bit, I'm having a hard time thinking that if there is money on the table for the Big 12 to be made, that they're just going to pass on it still. So I don't know. I'm not so quick to believe that OU is headed there next year. I think there's a whole bunch of movement going on, so it wouldn't shock me at all if we find out that will be the case. seems like things are moving so fast all the time. USC, UCLA, uh, college football playoff all of a sudden has dropped back to 12 teams out of the sky on us. Things are happening here. Things are happening. And maybe if that 12-team playoff gets activated for 2024, the Big 12 schools look around and go, you know what, it's going to be a lot easier for us to be in it if OU and Texas are across the fence. So let's go ahead and give them their release so that the Big 12 has a better shot of having more than one representative in this college football playoff thing. I could see that. I could see that. I could see the Big 12 schools saying, listen, we don't want OU and Texas to eat up one of our spots in this college football playoff, so let's go ahead and let them go so we can be the Big 12 champions. Yeah, they have to start establishing their own identity and brand without those two involved with it. So, But as of now, the playoff doesn't start till 26. Now, they're trying to get it going in 24, but that hasn't quite happened yet. So maybe if that happens, I could see the Big 12 saying, all right, skedaddle. Um. So I'm 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 very much waffling here because I think I honestly I think the correct answer is it's not known. I'm not I'm not even sure what you're saying right now. You've been all over the place. Well, I think that's I'm where it is. They're going, they're going. No, now I'm talking myself out of it. You just could can't they go, make up your mind. Could they go next year? Yes, thirty three percent chance. Could they go in twenty twenty four? Yes. More likely, I think, because the possibility of the 12-team playoff going to effect in 2024, I'm going to give that 40% chance. What am I at? 73? 73. Which means 
staying until 2025, the 2025 season, I'm putting a 27% chance. So, but I, I mean, I think that, like, I, I think Joe's in his office right now listening to our show going, man, he nailed that. It's dead on. We don't know where we're going either. I, I think it could be next year. I think the when the playoff gets activated might be the most important piece of new indication. And if the Big 12 doesn't drop the you got to pay a $75 million thing, then they're riding it out. All of those are possibilities. 918 Chris texts in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. He says, percentage chance OU is in the SEC next year, zero. Texas has to complete the obligation with Bama, and we are a package deal. We are here until 24. That's a good point he makes. They don't have to complete anything, but you would think you would think the SEC would be interested in, in that happening based on what happened yesterday. Well, it's a good point. 918, Chris. It's a good point you make. If OU is in the Big 12 next season, I will be taking a one-year sabbatical. You just don't want to get your hands dirty I with all that. I am not going to roll around in uh, in bed with the BYUs and uh, the Cougars of this world. How, how will you use your sabbatical? Will you write a book? Will you travel the world? Uh, um, I've. Will you just go to the lake for twelve months? How will you use your sabbatical? I I need to write a book. Mm-hmm. I've told myself that for a few years now. There's a lot of stories to tell within uh, this business around here. People that I've worked have, with. You do have stories. People that I've worked with. Is it with. a tell-all? It's going to be a tell-all. But, but, too, it'll be more of a life journey as well. I'll throw I in my stories journey. of my uh, conning ways of junior high and some yeah. of my other stories from growing How up in small town. How moving to Oklahoma town, turned your life Texas, around. Texas and uh, moving to Oklahoma turned my life around. Yeah. The 10-hour fist Bringing fight Bringing Fletcher's yard. corn dogs to the state of Oklahoma. Three-on-three three championship. Um, yeah, there's so much that I can get into that I'll take that year and uh, and write my book finally. Yeah, Boy, I like that idea. I think you should do that regardless. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be – I'm all for getting to the SEC as soon as possible, I guess. I mean, it's going to be great once we get there, whenever it happens. The idea of, of you know, a year or two here where you get the home and homes with the new guys and get to see new places, is, that's kind of fun. Conference would look different. Maybe you go to Provo. Heard that's beautiful. You know I love Skyline Chili if we go to Cincinnati. I had no desire to go to Orlando. That's your place. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the idea of the crossover because that would be a mess of a year or two, you know, with all those teams. What, what is that, 14 teams? That would be crazy. Oh, what a gift. Ladies and gentlemen, Thursday has Won't just Won't he have all the up. answers? Well, he can't. We can't ask him to wait because he's got limited minutes. The Prophet is on the line. Haven't heard from him yet this year. Good morning, Prophet. Hello, Toby. I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. And then an opinion. Who would you say is the best quarterback on the OU football team that can run the ball or when coverage breaks down has the ability to make something out of nothing? D- uh, Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel? Yeah. <laughs> Toby. 
Mm-hmm. I have not seen it this year. They haven't shown it. I have what, not what, seen that wow me are, running ability of anybody other than the uh, running back that's from Oklahoma City. Marcus Major. Um, yeah, well, let's not have Kyler Murray on this team, but Dylan Gabriel uh, had a 12-yard touchdown run. He's shown some quickness in the opener. I think he's uh, got pretty good wheels. Well, I haven't seen it, even when he was playing at the other universities. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, all I'm saying is this. OU success this year is going to hinge on the quarterback being able to make something out of nothing when coverage breaks down. I don't see it in him. Hmm. I see it in the Alabama quarterback. I see it in the Ohio State quarterback. I'm not saying that in Gabriel. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. Right. But but, but his ability to make something out of nothing concerns you. It, it is. It's going to cost them two or three games. Look hmm. at the OU. Look at the Texas Alabama game. Bryce Young. All right. Yeah. If Gabriel Trophy was, had been the quarterback, would he have made something out of nothing on that play when Bryce had to make that run? I, I can't see it. Hard to know. They might have been ahead by two touchdowns at that point because Bryce Young had a terrible game. I agree. But, but on the final drive, his, he was great. With his scrambling ability, I'm not seeing it in Gabriel. And I'm, I haven't seen it. You got your doubts, previously. it sounds like. Profit, uh, uh, shockingly, you have your doubts about this OU football team this year, and it, hinge, it sounds I like have, it hinges on the quarterback. I have my doubts. All right, get to your prediction. What's your prediction? Well, I think the toughest teams they're going to be playing, and it's all going to be on Gabriel's shoulders about making something out of nothing. It's going to be Texas. It's going to be Iowa State, and it's going to be Kansas State. All right. If he can't make something out of nothing, because I've noticed when his coverage, when he's trying to look down the field and he can't find a receiver open, he seems to panic a little bit. He's taken a few sacks. Yes. But I'm just saying he's not a whammy quarterback. Like What's your prediction? What's your prediction? He's not. I got you. He doesn't make something out of nothing. I got that. What's your I, I prediction? Think, okay, because of the quarterback. I think they're going to lose two out of three uh, to either Texas, Iowa State, or Kansas State because of quarterback play. I'm saying he's a great, good quarterback. Right. But, but he's, he's having not a hard time that making type something of quarterback out of that can make something out of nothing. From that I got standpoint. You. Uh, are they going to beat Nebraska this weekend, Prophet? Who is I, I think we the understand best what you're saying. Quarterback, who is at OU the best? Running quarterback that's playing second, third, and fourteen. Probably, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know uh, how good of an athlete Booty. General Booty or Nick Booty. Evers is. You, you like Booty? I, I I have a good feeling about Booty. Now the second string quarterback. Okay, was, okay, TJ. Uh, let's take us to break. Uh, take us to break. Of- Thank you very much, Prophet. We'll take a break. Back after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by extreme outdoor equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, 
and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. WTJ back with you. T-Row in the morning show. I got a good feeling about booty. Uh, look for that new T-shirt coming up soon on the uh, KRF store. I love the prophet so much. <laughs> I wish you would call it every day. Uh, Saxon Realty Group brings you this hour. I was unclear what the, whether he felt like Dylan Gabriel could make something out of nothing or not. I wish you would have clarified that. <laughs> Home of the eight ninety nine listing fee, 405-361-3380, or a visit Terry's site, saxonrealtygroup.com. <laughs> Air Comfort Solutions text line. See if I can get this to work now. Uh, neurosurgeon, Toby. Neurosurgeon, a lobotomy is the procedure. Uh, it's, it's, it makes more sense than a lobotomologist. Sooner Wiggs wants you to know its last name, Wiggins. So, All right, that's it. not as fun. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jeff in Arkansas says, Morning, guys. I'll take the Broncos over the Texans. Enjoy the road trip with your dad, Toby. I, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. i got to make a pick here at some point, Teach. You are off the mountain. Uh, because you had the Bengals in week one. Yeah, but, but I'm still alive, baby. So uh, I got to make a pick here coming up. What else you got? Uh, let's see here. Next. It's going to be a short segment, by the way, because we got uh, Greg Sharp from Nebraska. Brett in Tulsa would like the Rams. Uh, right, got it. Uh, next year, for the first day of the fair, we should have TJ versus Traber charity boxing match, is what this texture is requesting. Both uh, two gentlemen with brittle bones. I don't think yeah, need to, anybody needs to see work. that. No, yeah. Yeah. Both of those guys are injured or <laughs> sick every other day as it is. <laughs> we don't need them hurting each other. Ra Ra Sooner would like the Rams. Ba Ram you. All right. Uh, KC Sooner wants the Bengals. KC like KC? Uh, like the initials. Or like KC. KC. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, Kansas City. Yes. Uh, Sean Crimson, Tulsa in parentheses, so I'm not sure how I labeled him last week. I think just Sean Crimson wants the Rams. By the way, I love how Sean, just normal Sean, always sabotages the contest. Week one, he went Jets. Like, he wants to play, but he doesn't want to actually win. So he's like, every year, first week, he picks the worst possible team. Oh, darn, I'm out. I can't play anymore. <laughs> You made me laugh, Sean, this weekend when I was putting all of the names down. You're the only person that picked the Jets. Uh, Doug M. in T-Town. Doug M. in T-Town wants the Rams. Popular pick this week. The Rams 0-1. They get the Falcons at home this week. Good morning. James and Duncan, first time. Oh, well, first time you're out. You didn't send in a pick last week, James. Sorry. <laughs> Well, let me see. Let me make sure because that it makes. He doesn't have any text sent to us before today, and he says first you gotta time start, here. You, yeah. you got to get in in week one of the contest, and you don't get in. Sorry, James. It's a king of the mountain. It's you got to start with week one and see how many weeks in a row you can pick correctly. So, apologies. Wish you'd got in. Try next year. <laughs> hey, TJ, saw the future schedule yesterday at the tire store, and this SEC move is creating havoc. Creighton, uh, that. Is a poster from the 1929 home schedule. A uh, guy that works or uh, was visiting the tire shop. So. 1929? 1929. Uh, October 5th was the Boomers versus the Sooners. Okay. The October 12th was Creighton. November huh. 2nd, showdown with Iowa State. They didn't play from October 12th to November 2nd? 
at least a home game. This is just their home schedule oh, okay. on this poster. Okay. Uh, homecoming, November 9th, is the same homecoming it's been just about every year since then because it's a guaranteed win. That versus Kansas? the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay. <laughs> uh, this says November 16th was just the uh, Nebraska Fresh. So I don't know if that's just the freshman, just team. The freshman team. Yeah, that's just the freshman team coming in. And then the Oklahoma Aggies. On November twenty third, so yeah, that's not a bad home schedule. You got Creighton coming to town. You got Kansas. <laughs> what are you you got talking the freshman about? team from Nebraska. <laughs> not a I bet they schedule. sold out that year, nineteen twenty nine. Schedule. All right, we need a break. Uh, Greg Sharp, play by play voice of the Cornhuskers, joins us when we come back here on the T Row in the Morning Show. The Ref Network Studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Ah, we're going to Lincoln, Teach. I cannot wait until Saturday. Greg Sharp, play-by-play voice of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, joins us live now. Greg, good morning. How are you today, my friend? Been an interesting week, Toby, but I'm good today. Thanks. Wow, it has. It has. Let's start with that. Uh, how surprised were you? Were you surprised Sunday when the news came down? No. Um, you know, I sat down with Coach Frost after the game to do a post-game interview, and I, I got the sense he felt like it was over. And you lose to a Sun Belt team, and you're already on thin ice. I think he felt like that was probably the last straw, and he was right. Interesting story. We tape his television shows on Sunday morning, so I'm sitting there waiting for that to happen, kind of waiting for him to walk in and, Half hour goes by, 45 minutes go by, an hour goes by, and you're like, yeah, I think something's up. And sure enough, it was. And his tenure, sadly, has come to an end, and a disappointing one because this was supposed to work. This was the native son coming back to to rescue the program, but it just did not, and now Nebraska has to head off into a different direction. Well, Mickey Joseph is tabbed uh, for the interim head coaching spot. Why do you think uh, Trev Alberts picked Mickey? Well, Mickey had the title as associate head coach when he took the job last winter. Mickey was a part of Ed Ogeron's staff at LSU, and when that staff got let go in Baton Rouge, he became available, and, and Scott Frost was remaking his offensive staff, and so he hired Mickey and gave him that title. And I think, you know, Trev Alberts looked at Mickey as a guy as a great motivator, really good recruiter, and I think he felt like, well, this is the guy that might be able to be the uh, voice in the ears of this team to make a difference. And so... Mickey gets a crack at it. I'm excited for him. I think he does have uh, great admiration with the players. So I think he'll, you know, maybe maybe it can be a bit of a spark for this team that really isn't in some ways that far off, Toby. It's just been close loss after close loss after close loss for two-plus years now, and maybe Mickey can make the difference. What's been the issue in your mind, um, X's and O's-wise, for them this year? Well, this year it's been markedly different than it has in the past. The issues are just something different every week. This year it's just been wretched defense. Interesting note, and this is remarkable. I don't know if I've ever seen this. Through three games, Nebraska is averaging 492 yards of offense per game. Pretty good. They're giving up 492 yards of offense for the other team. Exact same totals, just wretched uh, what the defenses look like, and that was really surprising. Nebraska had made big strides defensively last year. Yes, they graduated some guys, but they added a handful of players to the portal. Just did not see this ineptitude on defense, and that's exactly what it's been. It's just been the inability to stop any of the three teams that they've played to this point. 
Casey Thompson, certainly uh, someone we're familiar with in these parts. He played his high school ball around here. His dad was an OU quarterback. We saw him last year at Texas. He tore OU apart last year down in the Cotton Bowl. How's he been so far through uh, three games? Really good, really good. Now, he's thrown a couple of interceptions, and one was was a, a really poor throw against North Dakota in Week 2, but he's really done a nice job. He's He's fit in well. He's, I think, being asked to run maybe a little bit more than he did at UT. But I, I think he's he's such a mature kid. He'll be 24 here in about three weeks, so he's an older guy. And But I, I think I like the way he gets the ball out quickly. He's got a very good understanding of the offense. He's meshed very well with new offensive coordinator Mark Whipple. So he, he's been a really, really nice addition to the program. Do you think – Mickey Joseph will try to make any changes, and then you know what could those be? What what changes are there to make? Well, I think changes are probably going to come more next week. Nebraska has a bye week next week. I think that's where you implement some more things. I mean, he immediately tweaked one thing where they moved their off day from Sunday to Monday. That that's really minor, but he did do that this week. Uh, I think he's allowed. To, I think he's asked, asked of them to tackle more in practice this week. They've gone full pads a couple of days where maybe you wouldn't in a week of a game. So I think he's done some of those small things, but I think any major tweaking that he'll do has to come during a bye week. It's just too quick of a time to be handed the baton on Sunday and make drastic changes by the next Saturday. But I do think that there'll be some things that, that are changed when Nebraska has their bye week next week. The atmosphere in, in Lincoln this week, you've got, um, you've got the change in the coach, now you've got Oklahoma coming to town and, and that rivalry and all that that encapsulates. What's it like up there with the fan base right now? You know, it was, it was remarkable. I'm sitting there Saturday night looking out of our booth, and, you know, this, this program has struggled for four or five years, and they were struggling against the Sun Belt team, and all of a sudden you looked up and, and the place is packed, and the fans are well into the game in the fourth quarter. It's a remarkable fan base. They've been really resilient. Uh, they want this to work so badly. It's the state team. It's, you know, there is no Nebraska state so that it is the Huskers and it is Husker football. And I think they'll be really fired up Saturday uh, for, for coach Joseph. I think he's, since he played here, he's one of their own and they'll wrap their arms around him and do all they can to encourage his team to go. I think there was a sense of sadness Sunday, Monday, maybe even a little bit into Tuesday around the state because Scott Frost, like I said, that start this was supposed to work, and it didn't. And Scott was a native son that uh, was supposed to come back and rescue the program. But I think the, the fans will be full-throated, I think, on Saturday for this game and, and fired up and, and ready to encourage Mickey and the Huskers. If Trev Alberts came to Greg Sharp and said, what kind of coach do we need? I don't necessarily asking you to name a name here, although you can if you want, but what kind of a coach would be the right fit to get Nebraska going again? What would your answer be? Well, I'm sure he has me on speed dial. I'm sure. Yeah, so I'm sure it's exactly, I'll, be, I'll be shocked. I anticipate this call will come, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I think Trev has talked about um, he, he wants a guy that is going to pour his heart and soul into the program. He wants somebody who has a track record of success. And so, you know, Trev's pretty well hooked up. I mean, going back to his days at ESPN when he was a part of the the game day circle and the studio shows that, that ESPN would do. So I think he's got a lot of people that he's going to be talking, and he has a lot of time to do this. This is what's going to be probably pretty wacky up here is that you're looking at 75, 80 days before you're going to hire a coach. So there's going to be a lot of time to, to flip names around. But 
I, I think he'll look for a lot of those things, but I think he's, I think being a winner has got to be number one, and as somebody who's really organized is probably number two. So I, I think, you know, is there a certain name in, in mind? I, I don't know that I'm not inside Trev's head, but my guess is he most ADs have a short list in their mind of three or four guys they really like, and I think he'll monitor them and then pick the brains of some other people around the country. Do you have some favorite OU Nebraska memories um, from your childhood or from years gone by? Well, I'm old enough to remember I was watching the, the 71 game, which was the game of the century. I thought that mm-hmm. was fantastic. Then they, they matched up in 01, and they were both ranked in the top five. And this was, that was the throwback pass to Eric Crouch, who then went on to win the Heisman Trophy for Nebraska. That was a, a, a great game. You know, and then the last game for Nebraska as a member of the Big 12 Conference was against OU in the championship game down in, in, in Arlington. And that was a tremendous football game. The Huskers got out to a lead in that game and then uh, could not hang on. Sooners came back and won that game. That was, a, that was a, a, I thought, a fitting way for Nebraska to exit the conference that they'd been a member of for decades. So those are some that come to, to mind. When I took over in Lincoln was 2008, and at that point in time we weren't playing OU every year. It was, you know, you'd play three teams from the South and then flip them the next year. So I didn't get to see him play a lot of uh, games as calling Nebraska games. But I, like a lot of people, I'll remember some of those monumental games that have happened between these two teams, these two iconic programs uh, down through the years. For Sooner fans that are headed up this weekend, are there any special events or have you heard of uh, the honoring anybody at the game Saturday from Nebraska history that we could look forward to? It's the 50th anniversary of Johnny Rogers' Heisman, so Johnny will be there. There is a big event for former players on Friday night. That, that's not open to the public, but I think they did something similar last year in Norman uh, to get a lot of the players from the two sides together. So, But, yeah, Johnny's going to be honored. And uh, Zach Wieger, uh, an offensive lineman for the Oscars in the 90s, is going into the College Football Hall of Fame in December. They're going to honor him. Uh, at one of the timeouts as well. But there'll be a few of those type of things. I'm, my guess is there's some video presentations that they'll have kind of commemorating the, the great history between these two. And I, I, I love the fact that this isn't just it. I mean, they're going to play again at home and home later in the decade. I think that's great. Anytime you see some of these great uniforms get together on the same field, I think it's always fantastic for uh, for college football. Uh, how is uh, Tom Osborne? Any idea if he's going to be there or not? Oh, yeah. he Coach will be there. He's got his own suite. Uh, he, he will be there. I imagine he will be at the, the celebration Friday night as well. Good. Tom's health is, is failing a little bit, but still gets around some. He's 84 years old, not a, not a spring chicken anymore. And, and I think, you know, Trev Albert certainly keeps Coach involved with some of the decision-making that's, that's happening with Scott Frost and Mickey Joseph. And, and Trev has openly said, hey, I'll be certainly picking his brain about guys that he likes and, and systems that he likes that might work at Nebraska. How's the visiting radio booth up there, Greg? I, I've been on the sidelines, but I haven't been upstairs. Yeah, it's it's plenty deep for you. The one the, the one thing, and this is nitpicking, but you and I will understand this. There's two big windows, but only one of them open. So I don't know whether mm-hmm. you like to have complete access to the air or if you want to be kind of hidden back behind. And the other thing, and this we had the same thing last year in Norman, with the 11 o'clock kickoff, you're going to have some sun in your eyes for the first hour plus until it kind of gets up to the – the high sky, so those 11 a.m. kicks, you will deal with some sunlight. I want the window open in front of me. I like to feel the atmosphere, you know what I mean? Claim that space, then. Get in there and there claim the space. Greg Sharp, play-by-play voice of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. He will be on the call for the Nebraska Radio Network coming up this Saturday morning. Greg, thank Tell you very one... much. Yeah, go ahead. Do you have time for one quick story? Please, yeah. 
Okay. We, we opened the season in Dublin. We played over in, in uh, yeah. Ireland against Northwestern, and there's no press box. They, they call it their Tribune area. It's, it's more for soccer and rugby is what the stadium was built for. So there were no walls, no ceiling to it. They had, you know, tabletops and stuff that you sat at. But, and they were good seats. They were close to the 50-yard line. But it was just a little odd calling a game with no, you know, physical booth around you. So it was a little different, a little odd. But it was uh, kind of took me back to some of my early high school football days <laughs> yeah. where, you know, the yeah. press box would be too crowded and they kick you to the outside. Uh, the old I, I started calling games in the NAIA, where uh, the press boxes were few and far between. That's for sure. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty. I was jealous of that trip. We talked to Jessica before she went over there, and that's really cool that uh, you guys got to play over there. Pretty neat. It was a neat Greg, thing, and you know, I, I would encourage anybody. Any school has a chance. I would think that would be a fun thing. It was really educational for the players too. That they were able to do a little bit of sightseeing while they were there as well. Greg, I'll see you on Saturday. Thanks, bud. You bet, Toby. Right. Greg Sharp, voice of the Huskers. We need a timeout. 748 Thursday morning. Back after this. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Call Terry or Jackie at 405-361-3380. Toby and TJ back with you. It is the T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour is brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Home of the $8.99 listing fee. You heard that correct. $8.99. No hidden fees. Put that money in your pocket and then high five Terry. Terry Saxon, 405 361 3380 or SaxonRealtyGroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. That's really good. That was really. Thank you. Really good. I've been practicing. Does it go into the state fair tonight? Reminds you of your, when you were the state fair voice? Friday, Friday, Friday. Latin Speedway. State Fair Speedway. Um, if it were not for TJ's lovely wife and son joining him at the fair, I would gather a large contingent of left-handed people to follow him around and haze him while holding up large signs and pictures of great left-handed athletes and people from American history. P.S. Your Nana is the best. Three meatloafs! <laughs> from Southpaw Sooner. <laughs> couple of throwback references there if you're just turning the show on today one tj hates left-handed people uh, that's not uh, true josh Heupel, Dylan Gabriel, made out the fact all. that i hate left-handed people two uh nana made three meatloafs uh when she came up but she made she made them in dallas right and transited right. them uh, to your tyler house. tyler but yes she made them in tyler drove them to your house put them in the freezer and you thawed one of them last night and had it for dinner not even three i think there's three Three packs in there, so nine meatloafs frozen in the freezer. How often will you eat a meatloaf? Once every few months or so, a couple of months. All right, so you got a couple years supply of meatloafs in there. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Honey, you know what sounds good? Let's thaw out one of Nana's meatloafs tonight. That is my son every day of the week. His oh, favorite the food meat- in the world is Nana's meatloaf. Loaf? Yeah, he loves the loaf. You uh, make sandwiches out of it? No, no, we usually don't have any left because they're individual meatloaf, so it's not like a big meatloaf, if you know what I mean. To have, have you ever leftovers. had meatloaf sandwiches? I can't say that I have. I, I mean, I've been around people I, I that have. Hear, I could hear my wife gagging in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had a meatloaf sandwich? I don't think so, ever in my life, no. Can I make a recommendation? Since it appears <laughs> that you have... 
an extra amount of meatloaf. All right. Uh, go ahead. If you only had one loaf, I wouldn't want you to waste it. However, it does appear that you have some plethora. <laughs> I would suggest not now because you just had the loaf. Okay, but maybe two, three weeks down the line, thaw one of those bad boys out. Slice it up, make yourself a meatloaf sandwich. Now, I prefer it with a little yellow mustard. Let me know. All right, all right. Would that, you say that, you have a plethora of piñatas? I do not a, think that word means what you think it means. Uh, that is a conversation they don't have on the coasts <laughs> right there. <laughs> I'm just still laughing at Jenny gagging over in the corner of her meatloaf. I could hear her two rooms away. <laughs> Uh, Sooner X-Ray would like the Broncos this weekend, the King of the Mountain. Sooner X-Ray Broncos, got it. Tanya C would like the Packers. Tan, I'm having a hard time spelling her name for some reason. Packers? Yes. Okay, got it. Sorry. All right. Should have muted my mic before I sniffed. All right. Yeah, go ahead. This is the McPherson family picture from last week. They are in 7.14 a.m. I don't know if I sent these all to you. Mia, Joseph, John, Erica, Cody. That's right. I've got them from last week, so I don't know how you want to do this. Well, email it to me after the show. Okay. They have this week's picks? Uh, Not yet. Not yet. He just wants to make sure that we have this. How did you miss all the McPhersons? This is one of those, it never came through on my system. It doesn't even show that they text me, but it's on their phone, time-stamped, everything. I can see it here on his phone. Him even trying to verify it. Okay. So, yeah. Fair enough. <sighs> McPherson family. Ram Rod Sooner. It's TJ's fault. The Bengals. Ram Rod Sooner wants the Bengals. Got it? Uh, one more, one one more, more here. Quicker. Rev JDP. From West Monroe, Louisiana, wants the Commanders, which always throws me off. Washington. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's a that's an NFL football team. Now, all right, break time. Eight o'clock, top of the hour. We'll be back.